Welcome. We are so glad you've joined us today. Are you ready for another Bayside Christian Church podcast? Let's get straight into it. Wow. Well, our hearts have been stretched, inspired, our minds have been challenged. Hopefully, your souls are being refreshed. And uh, I'm it's about when you're fighting. And uh, it's a complimentary message because when you are going through challenging expenses, there's always God's wanting to stretch. He's wanted to grow you as a person into a place of wholeness or effectiveness or freedom. <clears throat> Jensen Franklin, that many of you have seen or heard, when God's going to do something powerful in your life, it will require you to stretch beyond your comfort zone. That's where God is. He's in the stretch. Self-care, we need to do all those things, but there are I've found over my journey of life, and many of you have, that when you've been on the stretch, when you look back, that's often, then you need to consolidate and you need to do all those other things to bring that into balance. Stretching means trusting God in uncomfortable. Don't pull back or give up. Our flesh wants to pull back or give up. The enemy will try and lie to you and say it's too hard, or that's not for you, that's for the super saints, that's not for you. But God is in the stretch and I find he often meets us when we're on the stretch emotionally, um, financially, ministry wise, you'll go on a missions trip and you, you've got to preach to 10 times in two weeks and think how am I going to do that? Well guess what you'll be stretched to get there but when you come back you're saying hey with God we did it you know you'll be end up ministering to people and, and you end up with four or five people that week in your office that are going through similar crazy situation but at the end of the week you think god you stretched emotional capacity way beyond what i thought of. you actually um helped me and uh you're ready to get up on sunday morning and you're doing a small part of the service and then three people ring in and say they got the flu and can't show up and all of a sudden you're on the stretch of having to fill some gaps and find things and at the end of the day says god that was amazing you showed up your spirit was there because you didn't pull back or give up but you said i'm gonna step so in our lives there's that stretch Many times I've been significantly stretched in my faith. Some of you have heard the story, but some of you haven't. When our first son, Stephen, was born, he, he came a month premie. He was born with uh, pneumonia on his lungs. And on the third day, he blew a hole in his lung and the uh, pediatrician had to cut a hole in his chest to, would have been crushed, he would have died. He was rushed from Nambour in intensive care to Martyr in Brisbane. And, and uh, I'm not good at the best of times with needles and hospitals and blood and that so I was uh, not much help but Mary Lynn was a tower of strength and uh, and there he was in the intensive care seven pound one ounce but he had serious life-threatening he's in 85 percent auction we our church was praying we were praying but he's in your hands we believe he's a gift and then on the fifth day I was down there staying with friends and catching the train into the hospital I'd left to go home and while I'm on the train back to my friend's place God miraculously healed him. All of a sudden, he kicked off the end of the humidity crib. He started screaming. The doctors, the buzzers, everything's going, and, and Marilyn's there, and, and they grab him and rush him off to do all the tests, find out what's happening. After a while, they come back and said, we're not sure what's happened, but we think he's hungry. You can feed him. We'd only be able to just touch him for a few minutes through the humidity crib up till then, you know? And then next morning they come after they do more x-rays and they bring the before and after x-rays. The before x-rays 
had all the hole in the lung, all the escaped air, putting pressure, and it's all in his chest. The after one shows hole totally healed, all the air gone, and he's totally healed. The doctors are nursed before, but not very often. But this is clearly a miracle. This is at the Catholic Hospital, the Mart Hospital, where they have a faith. And and so that was a stretch of our faith, let me tell you, as young parents. But we just said, God, we believe and we trusted. And there were times we weren't sure how it was going to work out. And not everyone has those miracle stories. Sometimes we have the, the, the pain of not turning out the way we hoped. But I'll tell you what, our faith stretched. And that story of his life has um, impacted things I've shared and it always stirs faith. Stretched and grew to trust God to a greater level. And there are times we go through things. And many years later, he was playing footy on the coast and he um, broke his collarbone, whatever, went to the same hospital to get x-rays and the radiographer was a Christian. He said, I've been look back, looking back through your file and I found a photo of when you were a baby because we'd forgot to get the before and after shots. Many years later, about 25 years later, the radiographer found it on file so gave it to Stephen so we actually had the evidence before us again. Many years later, before and after x-ray, they still had it on file. Well, that was good. God, you just provided and he never had any more problems with his lungs he had ear infections and broken all that from an abnormal boy but totally our faith was stretched really really stretched and uh, many stories in our life where we've been stretched john 6 um uh, it's the story of uh jesus feeding the five thousand um, and um, I think it's in the middle verses there, 6 and 7 or something. It says, As Jesus sat down, he looked out and saw the massive crowd of people scrambling up the hill, for they wanted to be near him. So he turned to Philip and said, Where will we buy enough food to feed all these people? Now Jesus already knew what he was about to do, but he said this to stretch Philip's faith. Wow. Has Jesus ever done that to you? He knows what's going to happen, but he takes you on a journey to stretch your faith. Because when you get stretched, your capacity increases. Often we're getting stretched, we think we're going to break. We think it's too much. God, I can't handle this emotionally, mentally, physically, relationally, whatever. We think we're going to break. But when we're walking in part, it won't break, you'll just grow. When you're being stretched, you'd let the extras that you think you need. It's like a balloon getting blown up. When you blow the balloon up, it gets bigger and bigger. And then when you let it go down, that balloon can never go back to its original shape because it's been stretched. Its capacity has been increased. And that's how our lives are. And God's wanting to keep stretching. No matter what age we are or how long we've been in ministry, God's always growing our capacity with wisdom and maturity. And so Jesus said clearly. He knew what he was going to do, but he said what he said to take them on the journey to stretch their faith. Because you know the story. They bought the five loaves and two little fish. Jesus prayed over them, gave them back to them, and the indication is they didn't multiply until the disciples then started handing it out. That was a stretch of faith. 5,000 men plus women and children. Get them in groups of 50. 50 is interesting. That was Pentecost. There's a whole lot of stories about 50. And, uh, and when Jesus prayed, they thought, it would multiply in front of them so they have full baskets to go. No, they had um, a half a, less than half a bun each and about a, uh, a sixth of a fish to take to feed their groups of 50. And these, 
The guy said, we're going to get killed here. They're going to they're gonna wipe us out. We start saying we're going to feed them and we've got that much food. The first person's going to take it all. You imagine Peter. No, I'll bet, you know, he'd be sorting them out. But as they started to hand it out, it multiplied and kept going. So their faith was stretched the whole minute. We'd like God to do it, but often he takes us on the journey and we're actually stretching all the way until the outcome comes. And sometimes we don't even know what the outcome's going to look like. And how awesome it is, God takes us on this journey and we sometimes get frustrated and say, God, where are you? He says, I'm right here with you. I'm just walking, but I want you to keep growing and stretching. We want the money all to come in. We want the, the provision and the team to arise. We said, hey, if you use what you've got, then I'll multiply it. That's the stretch of faith. God's to do whatever, and he says, well, work with what you got, and let's see what I can do with it, and then I'll add more to you, and I'll multiply it and stretch it. And that's what the Holy Spirit takes us on these amazing, amazing journeys. And what happened? At the end of it, Jesus says, go and collect the leftovers. How many baskets of leftovers were there? Twelve, one for each of the disciples, just so they could remember. And they probably took it home to their families, and their families got blessed. The guys in ministry, but their whole families got blessed. How amazing is that? So God doesn't just give enough. He gives more than enough. And some of us have been raised with uh, my parents and their parents. Before them, they went through the depression where it was just tough and it was just survival. And I know even when I was a kid, I had to, and started in ministry, I had to learn to fight that just enough mentality. And it's been a long journey for me to realize that God's a God of more than enough. Our churches live with a not enough mentality. And enough to just enough to more than enough is a stretching, growing experience mentally, in your soul, and in your expectations. And it's not just about money. It's about teams. It's about your capacity. It's how you can end up thinking, boy, if I have an intense counseling session, I'm wiped out for the next of the day. And God will send you four in a row, and you think, oh, I'll never do it. And you get to the end of the day and say, wow. I'm stretched, but there was more than enough that came. And so God takes us on these journeys. He wants us to enlarge. If we want to win our communities for Jesus, a whole pile of us are going to have to keep on growing. Our teams, not just have a big church, but to touch the, the people of our community. Because let me tell you, there's a harvest coming. This nation is in a critical phase. God's been gracious with uh, Scott Morrison, the team getting re-elected, I believe, has given us a window of three years to see some things happen in our nation. The spiritual activities increasing across our land. There's a shaking happening. There's a prophetic stirring happening in the body of Christ. There are great clashes and challenges of light and darkness, and they're not going to get less. They're going to get more. Because Isaiah 60 um, says, Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. The next verse says, there's over the people's gross darkness over the people's, but my light will arise upon you. And uh, years ago, God spoke to me and said, light and darkness are both going to rapidly increase. Which one are you going to focus on? If you focus on darkness, it'll destroy you. You'll just get overwhelmed. But if you look at the light and the power of Jesus, you will grow and then you don't ignore the dark. You say, how can we let the light shine into that and rescue people out of it? That's how I function in ministry and that's how God's called us and our churches to influence our towns, our communities, the people around us. It's that overflowing light and power of Jesus. But to do that, we have to keep on growing and stretching. It's not constant stretch. You'll have seen what you've done and then you'll go. And sometimes when you get a bit old, you think, oh God, not again, not another stretch. But that's while we're still breathing, 
he doesn't want us to die on the inside. He doesn't want us to get stale in our thinking. He doesn't want us to get um, overwhelmed by frustration or disappointment. Disappointment's an interesting word. Dis means with, without. So it's without appointment. So a disappointment takes you off your appointment. When you allow a circumstance down, you'll be moved from your appointment to disappointment and you'll struggle and flounder and get frustrated in your life. So we have to not let disappointment rob us. We need to get back to our appointment with God and the Holy Spirit will continue to take us on the journey. How many people have dropped out of our teams because disappointment has robbed them? It's a tool of the enemy. Discouragement and disappointment. The Spirit of God says, hey, let's stretch. Let's step up and go. That same night that miracle happened, what happened? She said, get in the boat, cross the, cross the lake. That same night, Peter walked on water. That was a stretch of faith, if ever I've seen it. Walking on water doesn't happen easy, unless you're in some of the polluted rivers of India about it there. Doesn't take as much faith. <laughs> Sorry, Indian friends. Peter got stretched. Jesus didn't ask him to get out of the boat. He said, if that's you, can I come and walk on the water to you? Peter was the one who came up with the idea. But Jesus didn't stop him. He said, come on out. This will be a great stretching learning experience. Sometimes God will give you ideas. Sometimes you get crazy ideas yourself, but if it's not going to harm or destroy people, have a go. You just never know what might happen. So Peter's faith, it says, verse Matthew 14, 31, Jesus immediately stretched out his hand and lifted him up and said, what little faith you have, why would you let all the stones? What am I doing out here? This is crazy. Then he started to sink. But Jesus stretched out his hand and lifted him up. And it says they were immediately back in the boat. Can you imagine what the other disciples were thinking? They're probably saying, Peter, you're crazy. Then Jesus comes back into the boat with them. And what, what, a, what a conversation that would have been for the rest of the few hours getting back to shore. I love putting myself in those. <laughs> Some says, your love is so extravagant, is higher than the heavens. Your faithfulness is so astonishing, it stretches to the skies. Oh, I love that. Stretches to the skies. Psalm 103 says, but Lord, your endless love eternity to the other, unbroken, unrelenting toward those who fear you and those who bow face down in awe before you. Your faithfulness to keep this promise, you've made passes from parents to children to grandchildren and beyond. Let me tell you, in faith, it affects the generation. It's affecting the example for your kids, for your grandkids, and everyone else's kids and grandkids that are watching. So that's why it's so important that we don't shrivel up and die on the inside, but we keep on growing and stretching. And God is there. The Holy Spirit's our helper. We talked to Esther, say, you're not on your own. He's helping you and showing you how to cope and manage and adjust. A lot of it's up here and in here. Because we don't think we can. You've just talked yourself out of it. You've just to give you. But you've got to be willing to step out. How do you stretch your faith? Here's a couple of quick points. Number one, listen and know the voice of the Lord. Don't do dumb stuff. But listen and know the voice of the Lord. Exodus 14, 13. Moses answered the people, Do not be afraid. Stand firm and you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring you today. The Egyptians you see today, will, you will never see again. Well, this is, this is a bold. And an Egyptian army coming, the biggest army in the world, about to overrun them and destroy them. He says, you'll never see them again. 
He must have had a word from God. The Lord will fight for you. You need until. Then the Lord said to Moses, why are you? Moses is about to be stretched. Tell the Israelites to move on. Raise your staff and stretch out your hand over the sea to divide the water so that the Israelites can go through the sea on dry ground. It had to be a stretch of Moses to release the kingdom of God to save his people. And as leaders, sometimes we'll get, God will get you to stretch in faith, you to stretch out with vision that in the natural you think this is too hard or impossible. But as you stretch out, God comes and provides and protects and releases. And I think, wow, Lord, and a responsibility, but God had spoken to him. Exodus 14, 21 says, Then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and all that night the Lord drove the sea back with a strong hand. The waters were divided, and the Israelites threw the sea on dry ground with a wall of water on their right and on their left. That's an amazing story. The movies really struggle to portray what actually happened there, hey? What an amazing story of stretching. So number one, if you want to be walk with God, listen and know the voices. Number two is say yes to the Holy Spirit. Obey his word. Whatever the Holy Spirit asks you to do, just have a go. I've just been crazy enough to have a go in my life. I've gone on some of the most amazing missions trips that I look back now and think that was crazy. But when you're in the middle of it, God done Bible smuggling into Vietnam and and uh, had the we didn't know the scanners were there the second time, and so they parcels in the bottom of your bag. So they take me to the summer team's already been arrested. The guy's going through my clothes. He's looking at me. I'm looking at him, trying to look calm, praying in tongues at three thousand kilometres an hour under my breath. He's looking at me, and he's pulling. Clothes. He gets to the last shirt that will then expire, wrapped up as Christmas presents, up again. And then he motions for me to put my clothes in and waves me on. That was a stretch of faith. It was a stretch of faith. And so there's been times, what am I doing here? But I've just done what the Lord's called me to do. And some of them mightn't be that dramatic, but we've all had our stretches of faith. And you'll have some more ahead if serving Jesus. Is not where we live, the realm of faith. And uh, Luke 6, 16, Luke 6, 6, I love this story. On another Sabbath day, Jesus was teaching in the synagogue in the room with he formed right hand. Especially the Jewish religious leaders and religious scholars to see if Jesus would heal on a Sabbath day. For they get to find a reason to accuse him of breaking the Jewish laws. Conducive for a miracle. Unbelief and doubt and accusation and criticism. Jesus, knowing their every thought, said to the man with the deformed here in the middle of the room. He was embarrassed. He was deformed. So he was hiding down the back. So he got up and came forward. He responded to the word of Jesus. Jesus said to all who were there, let me ask you a question. Which is better to heal or to do harm on the Sabbath day? Jesus goes right to the heart of the matter. You have come to find a life to destroy. That's not a good way to build faith in the atmosphere. One by one, Jesus person in the room. Can you imagine? I reckon that went on for about three or four minutes where he just scanned the room and he just let the atmosphere build, glaring at them with eyes of compassion and challenge and faith roaring in his heart because he knew what was about to happen. When faith's alive, you know that you know. It's the gift of faith. 
When you've got faith and you believe, you pray and believe and hope. When you've got the gift of faith, you pray and you know. It's a different dimension that's sometimes God. And then he says, Then he said to the men, Stretch out your arm and open your hand. With everyone stretched out his arm and his hand completely healed. Wow. There was a huge stretch of faith for that man to trust the word of Jesus. But look at the results. What a huge step of faith. Third stretch beyond your comfort zone. Don't let fear hold you back. Here's a good question. Do you live in the comfort zone or the faith zone? I ask myself that. Comfort zone or the faith zone? The flesh wants to live in the comfort zone. I don't want to upset people, so I'll live in the comfort zone. We'll get you in the stretch zone and see lives transformed. And the Holy Spirit's there drawing us on. When you're being stretched, you think you're going to break, but life wants us to grow. You grow in your spiritual capacity, also emotionally and mentally. 2 Kings 4.34, got on the bed and lay on the boy, mouth to mouth, eyes to eyes, hands to hand. As he stretched himself, Elisha turned away and walked back and forth in the room and then got up on the bed and stretched out on him once more. The boy sneezed seven times and opened his eyes. He stretched over the death to bring life. Sometimes in, as churches, God will get us to stretch out over our community. He'll get you to stretch out in love and care. He'll get you to stretch out by your words of declaration. And as you speak those prophetic words, it helps bring things into being. And that's a stretch of faith. And God wants us to, to stretch out, declare. God has not given us a spirit of fear. I love Second Timothy. For God will never give you the spirit of fear, but the Holy Spirit who gives you mighty power, love, and self-control. The Empire did not give us a spirit of timidity or cowardice or fear, but he has given us a spirit of power and love and of sound judgment, personal discipline, abilities, arm, well-balanced mind and self-control. That's very good, eh? Because when you're out and fing at you the whole time, what if it doesn't work? What if it makes a mistake? What if no one shows up? <laughs> we battle all those. What if no one gives? You know, we've set up this program. What if they just get scared and don't show up? Just keeps on walking. A couple more points to wrap it up. If you want to stretch out in faith, do it with someone else. Don't do it on your own. Exodus 17, verse 8. Amalek came and fought Israel at Rephidim. Moses ordered Joshua, select some Amalek. Tomorrow I'll take my stand on top of the hill holding God's staff. Joshua did what Moses ordered in order to fight Amalek, and Moses, Aaron, and Hur went to the top of the hill. It turned out that whenever Moses raised his hands, Israel, whenever he lowered his hands, Amalek was winning. But Moses' hands got tied, so they got a stone and set it under him. He sat on it, one on each side. So his hands remained steady until the sun went down. Joshua defeated Amalek in battle. And my comment on that story is it's much easier to stretch out in faith in a tens instead of trying to do it on your own. That victory came because Moses was the leader and stretched out his hand and his staff. He got tired, so Aaron and Hur came, his arms up, and Joshua's out in the battle with the army winning. That talks about teamwork. It's much easier to stretch a, a marriage partner, a family, a church to do it together. Doing it on your own, pretty scary. There'll be times as a leader... You've got to be the leader and be out. And, but boy, it's great when you can do it with a team, a family. Do it together. And God wants to bring those teams around us to, uh, to help us. And lastly, have a go and you will grow in confidence. 
It's amazing how your confidence grows. How do you get confidence? You just tell them to long jump or high jump. They got no idea, you know. And then they get over the bar a few times and their confidence grows. Dad, put it up higher. Put it up higher. Do you champion high jumper is a failure? Because failed at the next height. It's a success. Now you can look at calling me a successful or failure because they're both true. And how you evaluate this for you or your team or your church is really, really important. Because we all fall short and we, but boy, you've just reached 50 people that you never reached before. So was that a success? You didn't get the 100, but you got 50. Determine whether you get confidence to have another go. And it's really, really important of how you see yourself or your team will determine a whole lot about whether you'll have a go and keep stretching. And what failed? You were hoping for 10 people, new people to join your church through that program or series of meetings, and you only got, well, I reckon those things. And the, the other seven you didn't get, who knows, they're probably on their way, but they just haven't come yet. See, it, it's all about perspective. And, and the whole drawing people all the time. I just believe God wants to our churches to become more and more connecting and communion and evangelism and it can be a word that we just get confused with but hey it's just reaching and connecting with people and I reckon I reckon we're moving into the greatest harvest time this Australia has ever seen because the darkness is getting darker there's a whole lot of people saying what do we believe there was tens of thousands of people made cast votes in the last election saying hey we want we want some things to change for the better and that's a sign of what's happening in our community there's a cry for answers. I'm going to become the focal and set point of our communities again. It's going to come. It's happening. Prize you how he gets you there. And uh, our church is known all over the world now, sometimes for the wrong reason, with the me of the world saying we weren't a caring church. Love it. God says, yes, you are a caring church. I'm going to help you to even do it better. And you're going to let the negative push you down or you can help the attention cause you to grow and stretch. Attack your strength or your weakness. We think he only attacks our weaknesses. He'll try and attack your strength and make you believe it's not as good as in life. He will attack your ministry and make you think, well, you're not as good as a teacher or as a carer, or he'll try and attack your strength and your weakness. And you've got to be aware of that. But if you keep focused on the Holy Spirit, pressure makes you grow or shrink. Depends on which way you respond. Pressure to grow. If the need's not there, you won't even have to stretch to do it. So the needs of our community can overwhelm you or it can motivate to say, hey God, with your kingdom purpose, we can see our community transformed. And I want to encourage you that God's calling us to step out. And so the last one is step out and have a go. Acts 4.30. Stretch out your hand of power through us to heal and to move in signs and wonders by the name of your holy servant, Jesus. What a prayer. They've just been thrown in prison. The persecution's increasing. Everything's going on. Acts 5's about to happen with Ananias and Sapphira, which they didn't. They prayed, says, stretch out your hand through us. Not shrink back. And that's what God's calling each one of us. I believe he's saying, hey, Ask God what the stretch looks like for you personally, like for your church or your team in the community. Make sure you don't do it on your own. Let fear hold you back because he will challenge your strengths and your weakness. And you just say, Lord, help us to evaluate what the... And I find 
Whenever the enemy attacks, God's usually already given me a scripture, a story through, or a prophecy that already to counteract it. That's why the prophecy came six months ago that our church was a caring, loving place and people flourished before the attack came. So what do I do? I said that stuff coming. I said, hold on, that's not true. He's trying to attack one of our strengths. That's what came to my spirit straight away. You still got to walk through the junk. and But remember that God's stronger and he's causing us to grow, grow or shrink. And the church of Jesus Christ in this nation has got to grow and stretch out and we've got to have boldness and confidence. We've got to preach and teach without the fear that we're going to get arrested. We've got to teach and preach with wisdom and grace, not deliberately offending people in our conduct. We've got to speak the truth in love. Well, the book of Acts there, they didn't shrink back when the pressure came. They said, stretch out your hand and heal and give us boldness and confidence to live this truth out. Because there's, there's millions of people in our nation look for someone to stand up and be... That's why Israel allowing right in our nation. Whether you agree with how or what he's done, he's become a focal point. And there's a huge scheme to discredit him on every... The Martin Isles yesterday, the Australian Christian lobby guy put a 10-minute segment. Did you, anyone see that? It's so powerful. He explained the orchestrated attack on everything about Israel with discrediting that have been said about him, have been direct lies about his father intimidating. All of that's total fabricated lies. None of it's true, but it's been a... And it's fed to all the media at the same time. So within minutes, they release it right across the whole media world, all of them together. And he exposed it in 10 minutes of how the scheme's been going to try and discredit him. And I thought, wow, there's such a battle on. And, and we've got to be prepared to stand up. Do it with wisdom and grace. Challenges come, but let me tell you, truth's always more powerful than darkness. And Alex Solzhenitsyn's son spoke a very powerful message over in New York a couple of years ago. And uh, the guy from, was the Australian Christian, heard him speak. And his dad went through the Gulag Archipelago and all the junk of, of Russia after the, the whole thing over there. And he wrote that book, The Gulag Archipelago, of how a society has tried, darkness tries to destroy the light in a society. And the son made this comment. He says, the battle's on again for the nations of the world. But he said, remember, truth is always more powerful than light. Light's always more powerful than dark. You just go in the light long enough to expose the other. And the enemy's trick is to try and numb you down and cause you to, to give up and pull back instead of keeping stretching up and standing up because light's always more powerful than darkness. And I want to encourage you that there's going to be battles, but we have not, we can't shrink back in these days because there are thousands of people in our communities looking for someone that's prepared to stand up and be counted. They look for someone who's capable. When this crisis broke, the mayor rings me within a couple of hours for our community. I, I know the mayor, I'm not, I know the deputy mayor, but they turned to us and said, what can we do to help our community? Within a couple of hours of the news breaking, I said, God, thank you. 18 years I've showed up at the Chamber of Commerce every month just to keep relationship with our community leaders. Based with the council guys every month and all this. Sometimes you just got to stay shining the light long enough because turn. And I thought, Lord, help us. I don't always have the right words. I don't always do it right, but I've just determined I'm just going to be the light in the darkness. And, and just keep believing for God to stretch you out. And the Holy Spirit's going to help us. And lots of them getting married and having kids that was a huge stretch for me because I was just a 
guy that wasn't really knowing how or aware. It was disaster zone. Marilyn asked, what do you feel? I said, I don't know about it. And she'd get so annoyed with me. They're probably in there somewhere, but I've got no idea what feelings are because I was a, a, uh, from Scottish and background from my two sides, so there wasn't a lot there. So I've been on this lifelong journey trying to work out what feelings are and how to process them right. I think I'm better, but it's been a long, slow journey. Hey, God wants to grow having children, having teenagers. Well, that's a zone that some of you have lived through and some of you have got the joy of that coming ahead. <laughs> the good thing is you do survive and they grow if you walk it with wisdom. <laughs> Stretch it in finances. All the journey. I want to just finish with one key scripture. Isaiah 54, 2 says, Enlarge the place of your tent. Stretch curtains wide. Do not hold back. Lengthen your cords. Strengthen your stakes. The message verse, clear lots of ground for your tents. Make your tents large. Spread out. Think big. Any your rope. Drive the tent pegs deep. You're going to need lots of elbow room for your family. I love this. You're going to take over whole nations. You're going to resettle abandoned cities. Don't be afraid. You're not going to be embarrassed. Don't hold back. You're not going to come up short. You'll forget all about the humiliations of your youth. How awesome. I love that in the message. A few months ago, and I just sort of went burning my heart. I thought, that's so powerful. So God's saying, don't think about how you shrink back. How do we do it as a team? What's the Holy Spirit stirring your heart? Because he won't take you on vain pathways. He will be taking you on pathways of blessing. Stirring your heart. And maybe you've started and it's sort of been off and on. Here's Dawn. A few years past 60. <laughs> maybe past 70. Dawn lives down in uh, Tin Cam Bay. And we've been having chats. She's ready to try and look at planting another church down there. Because there's a few, had two families driving up to our church here at Harvey Bay, an hour and a half for church. They said, why don't you plant a church in, down our way from Rainbow Beach? She said, I got just the person who's going to help you get that done. And it'll happen. And I thought, wow, let's not just get comfortable and settled. Retirement is Bible. Caleb, Caleb, 40 years old. He gets the promise. Goes in the seas, the promised land and the mountains and the giants, him and Joshua come back and said, we can. No, we can't. They've lived in slavery mindset. So over the next 40 years, they wander the wilderness. Joshua and Caleb go to about 200,000 funerals in that time because all their generation died. Can you imagine that? Probably half a dozen a day for 40 years. And yet they kept their vision going through disappointment and discouragement. All of their generation died and they went to all their funerals 40 years later Moses died God says Joshua it's time to go let's turn prophecy and potential and possession it's time that's a word for some of you you've got to move from promise and prophecy and prophecy and intention into possession it's time to possess the land that God's given you and so they go in and Caleb says to Joshua give me that land it's now 40 years, I'm 80, but I'm ready to go. It took me another five years to get to that part. So he's 85. Give him that land with the biggest giants and that mountain I saw when I fought it because I'm still as strong as I was then. I'm still as passionate as I was then. Hey, he's one of my greatest heroes in the Bible apart from Jesus. 
for 45 years to keep his vision and passion strong and he went and conquered that mountain with his family. Talk about stretching through 45 years of disappointment. Wow. God help us. I'll read this quote from Christine Kane and then we'll finish. I'll just take a couple of minutes before. But I want to suggest, what stretches has God been taking us on? And what's that maybe look like for the future? Sometimes he doesn't tell us the whole story. story we'd give up. <laughs> Most of us would not have been stayed in the journey if he'd told us some of the things we were going to walk through and face. But boy, some of the rewards are unbelievable. Tina and one of the board members, because we were going down to the Baptist to have a chat with them about trying to buy the property and whatever, and, and they're in favour of it, but it's just a whole journey of getting, um, agreeing on a price and then finding the million dollars, whatever it's going to be. I said to Tina, how many people have come through the program in the last eight and a half years? So she started averaging out how many different ones would come into the program. Through. There's between 20 and 30 program presents, the biggest it's been for a while. So not They don't all stay, but over a year, there's an average of 150 different people come into that program. 85% of them at least have come to know Jesus in the first couple of weeks of the program. I have the joy nearly every Sunday of leading people to Jesus. Some are out in parole from prison. Some have been destroyed for 10 or 20 years with addictions and strong. But nearly every week, second week they're in church at the front, weeping, power of God touches them, they encounter Jesus. I said, how many? She said, well, averaging that out, over a thousand people have come to Christ through that program in the last eight and a half years alone. From all over this nation, you're amazing. You just partner with something, you just work at it, and every now and then you've got to stop and see what God's done. Wow, this is worth it. The fights in the car park, and this is worth the people that have got in a relationship, the showing up, and all sorts of stuff. You know, crazy. But it's worth it. Some people that have found Jesus that most have never heard about Jesus in their life. I thought, Lord, this is worth it. In your high school ministry, in your school with the chaplains and, and in your kids' clubs and, and in your ministry to the, 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 the care ministry to those families that got no food and accommodation. It's really good every now and then to stop and evade. God's tough life and ministry. And they're not all saved, but they've all been touched by Jesus. And many of them, when they're in trouble, will come back. Maybe just to get their need met, but bit by bit, they start to realize there's a bigger picture. And we get ripped off. We get used. When we're young people, we say, Lord, use me. Use me. They say, well, I just answered your prayer. <laughs> we feel used up and taken advantage of. But hey, if they do that, they're going to do it to us. But you something of the kingdom of God rubs off on their souls and who knows who knows when they look to hospital chaplains regularly they're leading people to Jesus on their deathbeds oh it's stirring our hearts let's let's keep our eyes on the goal which is his kingdom let the call of Jesus be strong this is Christine Kane's quote. The unexpected growth God wants for us is in the stretch, not in our pulling back. The grace and the blessing are in the stretch. To do what God has called us to do isn't possible without the stretch. He's calling us to stretch past our fear, past our insecurity, past our inconvenience. He wants us to stretch so that we can move forward. 
But we must fight to move forward lives. We must resist the pressure of other people's expectations, activity of settling in our comfort zones. Those are the signs of aging in ways we were never meant to age, or especially if we think that we have done if. Wow. Wow. Let's have the spirit of Joshua and Caleb. Let's have the Holy Spirit within us because it says they had a different spirit. They served the Lord, not just when it was convenient. Thank you for joining us. The Bayside Christian Church community aims to transform our city and beyond with the life and power of Jesus Christ. If you want to know more or just keep in touch, check us out at www.baysidechristianchurch.com.au or follow us on our social media sites at Bayside Christian Church.